It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, September 26th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The race for Sitka School Board is uncontested this year. Actually, it's under-contested, as there are only two candidates on the ballot for three open seats. Nevertheless, those two candidates aren't taking the job lightly. Both participated in an hour-long school board forum Thursday night on Raven Radio and could easily have spent another hour discussing the issues. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Both Mitch Mork and Tristan Gavon were appointed to the Sitka School Board in June to fill vacancies by members who did not serve out their terms. The learning curve has been steep, but Mitch Mork, an engineer-turned-fisherman, understands what a board member's job is. Well, the kids, right? Most of our decisions, it seems like, are financial. There's some aspect of financial oversight from us, but it all boils down to the kids. How good is it for the kids? Can we afford it? Tristan Gavon works in tribal government in Sitka and has served a three-year term previously on the Sitka Assembly. The Assembly and the school board haven't always been on the best of terms in the past, but Gavon is ready now to move to the other side of the table and to give his best effort to schools. Our funding situation hasn't changed much in the last you know, eight years or so. And so I think on those issues, just being an advocate for the school district and, you know, all the good work that that the teachers and staff are doing there. Listeners to the forum provided more questions than the candidates could answer in an hour, but some major themes were student performance, student engagement and the major social issues of the day, and teacher retention. New teachers in Alaska don't receive anything like the retirement benefits that once were considered among the best in the nation. It's now basically a savings plan with the added punch of disqualifying them from Social Security. A listener asked if the candidates would advocate for a return to a defined benefit pension plan. Mitch Mork said he would. If that's what the teachers want, I'm more than happy to do whatever I can to ask or try to get that back. Gavon said that supporting teachers was one of the board's priorities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfect example of, of the, the board's role in advocacy. One of our you know roles is to advocate for our teachers and to ensure that they're getting the best salaries, the best benefit packages they can. Another listener asked what the board could do to support LGBTQ students. Gavon thought he had found an actionable loophole in district policy. I was looking through the, the policies recently and within the section on, on students, you know, there's a kind of non-discrimination clause. And I did notice that doesn't include sexual orientation or gender identity, for example. So I think that's an area where much like the city added that to, to city code in terms of non-discrimination, that's an area where the school board could take some action. A listener question about test scores prompted some thoughtful responses. Alaska, the questioner claimed, ranked low nationally in academic achievement, and the Sitka schools, consequently, were stepping up to a very low bar. Mitch Mork said test scores really didn't fully represent student success in Alaska. Out in some of these villages, I just returned from Fairbanks, a conference for the school board, and one thing that seemed to come up a couple of times up there was what we view as achievement isn't the same as what they view as achievement. So one guy gave an example of a kid that went out and he he tackled a whole moose by himself. He butchered it all up and took care of it all. And for him, that was achievement. So for our, our standards, city people are not going to rank that very high, right? But 
anybody wants to stay in the village, that is very, very, very necessary. Gavon seconded that idea. The expectations of education nowadays go far beyond standardized testing. That standardized data, that kind of big high-level data, the you know graduation rates, the peaks testing, those types of things. You know, we bring it down to the classroom for map data, but you can bring it down even lower for street data, right? And incorporate things like, you know, can a student harvest a moose? Can a student harvest a deer, a fish? You know, are they making connections within the community? Are they civically engaged? So I think that is an important point Mitch is bringing up is we should be looking at how do we define achievement as a district. On that theme, another question asked board members to consider whether too much emphasis was placed on making education fun and might it ultimately be a disservice to students to make their lives too easy. Mitch Mork said in his experience coaching basketball, players tuned him out if practice was just plain work. He experienced the same thing as a volunteer math teacher at Kikushihin. Students learned more at play. I was doing math with some third graders last week and this week. We played a game last week, and this week we were doing something else, and then we got, I had to divert a little bit and just straight up teach. Their attention spans were not there compared to doing something fun. Both candidates support Proposition 1, which would impose a specific sales tax on cannabis with the revenue going to a dedicated fund to support extracurricular activities in schools. Mitch Mork said the benefits of student activities were worth taxing a recreational product. The kids in in these activities typically do better in what the government says is is success. But there's all those things, those intangibles, I guess, that are... uh, Confidence and perseverance, work ethic, all those things, they're learned in these activities. And it's an investment in our future. If our future leaders have those skills, we are going to be much better off. Tristan Gavon agreed, preferring to tax a want like marijuana over a need like groceries. But as a former assembly member, he was cautious that the revenue stay on target and remain completely outside the city's other appropriation to schools. I'd hate to see, you know, future assemblies use this as the pretext for for decreasing the funding to the cap or to decrease that non-instructional funding. I think the intent of this was to supplement what the the district is currently uh, receiving. So I I would hope that uh, future assemblies kind of stick to that that commitment from the current assembly. And if voters do pass it, that's, I think, the expectation voters have. Kayvon and Mork are the only two candidates on the ballot for three open seats on the Sitka School Board. It's not too late for someone to announce an official write-in campaign for the third seat. Although the board would make an appointment if no one runs, Kayvon thinks it's important for voters to have their say. Mitch Mork put it a bit more bluntly. We need the help. If you can swing it, definitely give it a try. Anyone interested in running for school board as a write-in should file a letter of intent and a financial disclosure with the municipal clerk no later than Thursday, September 29th. Write-in votes for someone who has not met these requirements will not be counted. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can listen to KCAW's School Board Candidate Forum in its entirety on our website, kcaw.org. Look for KCAW's Election Center. You'll also find full audio from our ballot proposition forums and our assembly and mayoral candidate forums. As of press time Friday afternoon, one individual, Melanie Board, had submitted her paperwork to run as an official write-in candidate for school board.
The Sitka Assembly shelled out $45,000 in local nonprofit grants when it met in a special meeting on Thursday night. Seven organizations applied for the grants. In all, they requested a total of $71,000 in funding. But the Assembly only budgets $45,000, so they must figure out a way to allocate the money fairly. Often that means nonprofits don't get their full request, but they usually get a chunk of it. Here's how the process works each Assembly member assigns an award amount to all of the organizations. Then, all all of the assembly members' lists of figures are averaged together to determine the final award amount for each recipient. Assembly member Dave Miller said making the decision that way was far from easy. This is really sort of a tough thing, you know, because I know somebody that's involved in each one of these organizations wholeheartedly and really gives their soul to it, you know, to make it work. And I, and I think that's a great thing. Um, so as I'm reading through the 100 pages or whatever it was of information that I read three or four times, trying to figure out which ones I thought were, you know, great and good and so-so and da-da-da, it was, man, by the time I was done with that, I spent the day doing that. By the time I was done, I had no idea what I was reading anymore and who was who in the zoo. The biggest winner was the Sitka Homeless Coalition. The group received 15000 of the $25,000 it requested toward developing a tiny home community for unhoused people in Sitka. Braveheart Volunteers, Sitka Lutheran Church, Alaska Arts Southeast, American Legion, Sitka Fast Pitch Softball, and Sitka Trailworks all received funds. You can find the full amounts and descriptions of each organization's project on our website at kcaw.org. Southeast Alaska is in for another drenching from an atmospheric river, starting Sunday and continuing into next week. A warm, wet weather front is headed northeast from Hawaii, bringing heavy rain to the southern panhandle first. And then that's going to kind of lift north a little bit, but then we get another uh, wave along this front that's going to impact uh, the area continuing into uh, Monday into Tuesday. Aaron Jacobs is the senior service hydrologist for the National Weather Service in Juneau. He says the biggest flooding concerns will be Monday night into Tuesday as rain continues. Things will change between now and Tuesday, but um, just stay tuned to the National Weather Service for any updates on the system. Jacobs says the heaviest and most consistent precipitation is expected to occur in the northern panhandle, with Juneau seeing anywhere from 6 to 8 inches of rain. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now, taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Monday, September 26, 2022. Today, rain. The rain could be heavy at times. Highs near 60. Southeast winds 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 35 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. Tonight, rain. Lows around 53. South wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. You're listening to your community radio station, Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Good morning.